the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have an enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Praise the Lord. The Bible says, serve the Lord with gladness. Turn to your neighbor and say, serve the Lord with gladness. Yeah, our service to the Lord is incomplete without gladness. Amen. And our joy and our gladness is not dependent on the circumstances of our lives. The Bible says, although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall there be fruit in the vine, the labor of the olive shall fail, and the flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no head in the star. Yet I will rejoice. I will joy in the God of my salvation. For the Lord God is my strength, and he will make my feet like the hen's feet. He will cause me to walk upon my high places. This month, you are walking upon your high places. I said you are walking upon your high places. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus. Okay, so we are looking at good family manners. That's what we are teaching on. Praise the Lord. And so we are looking at First Timothy chapter 3, verse 14. Is is I'll teach it maybe today, maybe next week, and then we'll halt it and relaunch it when we get into the new year. Because manners is everything. Somebody say manners is everything. Yeah. I hope to visit you soon, but I'm writing these instructions. Look at the verse. I'm writing what? These instructions. So if I am delayed, you will know how everyone who belongs to God's family ought to behave. You see, Paul wrote it down. I am teaching it. I hope to visit you soon, but if I am delayed. In other words, if I don't get to be in your company, there's a way you ought to behave yourself. Whether I'm around or I'm not around, there's a way you behave yourself. Whether Christ is here or not, there's a way you do things. Paul said that I, I am very happy that you did not just obey in my presence, but much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. He said, if I'm delayed, you will know how everyone who belongs to God's family ought to behave. And after all, the church of the living God is a strong foundation of the truth. Somebody said there is a way to behave. In church. There is a way to behave. In church. Okay. The, the God's word translation says, I hope to visit you soon. However, I'm writing this to you in case I am delayed. You want to know how people who are members of God's family. Verse 15, please. People who are members of God's family must leave. God's family is the church of the living God. The pillar and foundation of of the truth so we are looking at good family manners somebody say good family manners when the bible says there is a way we ought to behave there is also a way not to behave is that okay yeah if he says there's a way to behave obviously there's a way not to behave and the part we are looking at 
are the positive attitudes that attract God's blessings in our corporate fellowship. When we come together like this, God brings us together to bless us. In the book of Corinthians, he said, I want you to know that when you gather together, it's supposed to be for your good. So when we meet together, every time we meet together, it's supposed to be for our good. But there is a way we ought to behave in order for us to experience that goodness. So we looked at the first first of the manners. We said the first manner we must all adopt and apply ourselves to is the manner of regular fellowship. Somebody say the manner of regular fellowship. <laughs> say the manner of regular fellowship. <laughs> yeah, fellowshipping with the saints is part of Christianity. What does a Christian do? In fact, all these questions I'm, 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 these things we are talking about, you can simply ask yourself, what what does it mean to be a Christian? When we say someone is a Christian, what does he do? What does he do to show he's a Christian? Praise the Lord. That's another way to look at what we are teaching. What does, if you say you are a Christian, what does it show? What are the proofs that you are a Christian? What do you do to show I'm a Christian? Apart from confessing Christ as your Lord and Savior, apart from being a member of a church, what practically do you do to show that you are a Christian? One of them is that a genuine, correct, proper Christian is constantly in fellowship with believers. Somebody say constantly in fellowship with believers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you find a Christian who is one for real, he does not joke with fellowship. He doesn't joke with fellowship at all. They don't have flimsy excuses to stay out of fellowship. They, they do everything. Those are the people who would make sure that even if they have a trip ahead of them, they will come to church before they go. Am I communicating here? Yeah, that, 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 that is someone who understands the power of fellowship. The Bible said they go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appears before God. Appearing before God, there are meetings you don't absent yourself. When you are a Christian, we saw the early church, the Bible said they met regularly in homes and in the temple. They met. They met. They met. In, in the school of Tyrannius, Apostle Paul taught daily. For two years, they were in church. Two years. Two years. Two years. Constantly in church. Am I communicating here? Amen. And then, of course, we looked at the manners of serving fervently in your local church. Somebody say, you are here to serve. Say, I am here to serve. That's why we come to church. We come to church to serve God. How do we serve God? We serve God by serving the brethren. We serve God by serving the brethren. We serve God by advancing his purposes. We serve God by investing our time, our talent, our resources to advance the cause of Christ on the earth. That's how we serve God. You don't serve God by fetching water for him to bath. More complicated here. That's not what you do for God. You can't do that for him. He owns all the rivers. <laughs> so we serve God by doing all of these. Service is critical because your maturity depends on it. Service is critical because your ministry depends on it. Service is critical because your mission depends on it. Somebody say, I have a mission. Say, I have a mission. Yeah, you have a mission in the world for the Lord. And you have a ministry in the church. Somebody say, I have a ministry. My ministry is to believers. Say it with me. My ministry is to believers. Say, my ministry is to believers. My ministry is in the local church. I have a mission. My mission is to the world. My mission is to reconcile the world. To Christ. In the name of our Lord Jesus. And I will fulfill that mission. Praise the Lord. 
So we come to church so that we are equipped and taught the principles that we need to influence the world positively with. This morning, I'm going to teach on the madness of giving sacrificially to the local church. Somebody say the madness of giving. Yeah, the madness of giving sacrificially to the local church. Look at Philippians chapter 4 verse 10 to 19 with me. The madness of giving. One of the things the local church was designed for was to break the spirit of selfishness and greed. Somebody say selfishness and greed. Okay, so when you become a part of the local church, you come into a family, you come into a relationship, and that relationship is constantly designed to bring you to a place where you take the focus off you onto others. The Bible said he died for us that those who live will no longer live for themselves, but unto him who died for them. That's how we are supposed to live. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at your last care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Go to verse number 11. Not that I speak in regard to one, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Look at verse. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere. And in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hung hungry. Both to abound and to suffer need. Verse 13, let's go. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Verse 14, let's go. Nevertheless, you have done well that you Okay. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, in the beginning of what? When I departed from where? Macedonia. No church shared with me concerning giving and receiving. But you only, look at that. The word is giving and receiving. It's not receiving and receiving. That's the language some people only understand. It's receiving and receiving. But the Bible teaches about giving and receiving. Ask your neighbor, what have you given this morning into the service? While we are doing praise and worship, you just receive from those who have come to do that. Or just receive you to your seat. What have you given into the service? Because that's what Christianity is about. It's giving and receiving. Somebody say giving and receiving. Yes. Say giving and receiving. Yes. Now look at that. He says, verse 15. For even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again for my necessity. Verse 18. Not that I seek the gate. Somebody say, not that I seek the gate. But I seek what? The fruit that abounds to your account. Somebody say, I have an account. How many of us have an account? <laughs> How fat is your account? I'm not looking at the one in GCB or Ecobank. I'm talking about the heavenly one. Ask your neighbor, how, how fat is your heavenly account? Do you even have one? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Verse 18. He says, indeed, I have all in abound. I am full of and received from Epiphanides the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma in acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. Verse 19. My God. May that be your testimony this month. May every need in your life be supplied. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus. 
All right, so we can't talk about giving without looking at how the church came into existence. Yeah, because like I was talking about, how did the church come about? In Acts chapter 20, verse 28, we see what Jesus did to set the foundation for the church. So guard your heart, be true shepherds over the flock, and feed them well. Remember, it was the Holy Spirit who appointed you to God, and oversee the churches that belong to Jesus. The church belongs to who? Jesus. The anointed one who, which, perch, which he purchased and established by his own blood. Somebody say the church, the church. came into existence, came into existence. Through, the blood of Christ. through the blood of Christ. Uh-huh. The church came into existence through the blood of Christ. And when we pray, we engage in prayer, and we use the blood for what we are supposed to use it for and what we are not supposed to use it for, we must always be reminded that it was the shed blood of Christ that has sanctified us and made us safe today. You are a Christian because somebody died. <laughs> That's why you're a Christian. Somebody died. He died. He didn't die because he deserved to die. He died because he wanted to rescue you. There was no way out. Until he died, you could not be saved. So he decided to give up his life. That's how you and I came into. You see, we cannot talk about sacrificial giving without getting into the foundation. Praise the Lord. Because if the foundation be destroyed, the righteous can do nothing. When we talk about giving our money, giving our resources, people think it's so much. But you have to think about giving your life. That's why anybody who can give money can give his life to Christ. And most of the time, their life is really not given to Christ. Because when your life is truly in the hands of Christ, everything that that life has is also in the hands of Christ. The Bible said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the message of God, that you present your bodies. Present, offer your bodies as a sacrifice. When your body is offered, everything in that body is offered. You can't offer your body and your leg is not part. Am I complicating that on somebody here? You can't say, I've offered my body by my head. My head. No. When you offer your body, everything that comes with your body is offered. That's how the church came. Now, the kind of persecution the early church endured is not a persecution that could have, it, it could have easily killed the church. Praise the Lord. It was so severe that it could have easily destroyed the church. And again, the blood of men were shed again to secure the church. Jesus shed his blood to save and to start the church. The early Christians shed their blood to secure and to maintain the church. You and I have been called to do the same. Somebody say, we've been called to do the same. <laughs> Our Christianity is not any less than that of the old, uh, old, old uh, uh, early Christians. We are called to the same faith. The same faith. The Bible says there's one God, one hope, one Father of all, over all. One faith, one hope, one baptism. That's the kind of family we all belong we cannot choose what we, we, we prefer out of this family and get the best out of it. It doesn't work like that. Look at it. Acts chapter 4. So when, when they saw Jesus shed his blood to, save, to get the church started, they, they bought into the spirit. They knew that this thing, everything that this church demands, it has to do with sacrifice. Us. Now the multitude, look at this. The multitude of those who what? The multitude of those who did what? Believed were of one heart and one soul neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own so listen 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 hold on here the moment they got saved 
they began to have a different mindset about anything they owed. Praise the Lord. From the day they got saved, they saw themselves from that moment as stewards and not possessors. The Bible said, as many as are things, they, look at that. He said, neither did anyone say of the things he owned was his own. It wasn't like that until they got born again. It wasn't like that until they believed. When they believed, they believed saying something in them. When you truly believe in Christ, it changes something in you. Yeah. True faith in Christ changes something in you. Many people fake it. But genuine faith is always visible. Praise the Lord. When faith is genuine, there are things that that faith will compel you, propel you, motivate you to do to show that that faith is a real and authentic faith. He said, the Bible said, but they had all things in common. Now look at this. Look at this. Look at the things they are going to be giving up. Look at this. Verse 33. Verse 33. Now with great power, the Lord gave the apostles witness to the resurrection of the Lord and great grace was upon them all. Now go look at verse 34. Now there was no one among them who lacked for all who were possessors of land. Somebody say lands. Lance. Say lands. All houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold. Praise the Lord. This is the early church. They saw Jesus give his life. Giving up land was not difficult. Am I communicating here? They saw Jesus give his life. Giving up a house was not difficult. They saw Jesus give up his life. Giving up a car was not difficult. That's why it's important that we always go back to the basis. How did this thing called Christianity start? Did this start with getting, getting? That we are so obsessed. Christians are one of the group of people on the planet today who are so self-seeking, greedy because we have gotten a revelation that God wants the best for our lives. But listen, God wants the best for your life as long as what he's giving you is going into the salvation of another person. Praise the Lord. God does not just want the best for you to just live and enjoy your life. No, no. That, that would have been a waste. It's a, it would have been an insult on the blood of Christ. He said, the Bible said, if God so loved us, we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. The, the same way Jesus came to die, you must also be making decisions, you must make taking steps that would also go a long way to bring salvation and deliverance to another person. I'm not communicating here. That's how a Christian lives his life. That's how a Christian, a Christian is not the one who lives his life the way he wants. A Christian is the one who lives his life the way the Bible says a Christian ought to live his life. Can somebody say an Amen. The Bible says, those who had lands sold them. Lands, valuable. Today, people will do anything for a land. Yeah. People will do anything for a house. I mean, sell my house, <laughs> give 10%, give first fruits. No, 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 it's too much. But I don't think <laughs> that's, that was the thinking of the early church. They sold lands. <laughs> now look at verse number 35 and led them and this is this is one of the things i'll be teaching about orderliness praise the lord there are some people they are too disorderly in church too disorderly and the bible talks about them too disorderly in the house of god they do things the way they want you see how they gave offering they laid them at the apostles feet 
they laid them at the apostles that's where they brought it at the apostles and the distribution was made to each one as they have need they were not just giving uh, sister i see that you have need collect this shoe then they gave it to them no they were not doing things like that giving in the local church is there is a certain structure that comes with it am i communicating here yeah, you don't, you don't just, nobody just uh, come approach you, uh, please, I need assistance. Then without consulting leadership, you just do things. It's not done. One of the places where things are done decently and in order is in the local church. Somebody say the local church. Yeah, you don't sit in church and do things your way. You do things the way you are instructed to. You do things the way you are what? Instructed to. And there are some people, they are so arrogant. Even when you are giving them knowledge, that's, they will still stick with what, they, what the wrong thing they are doing. First Corinthians chapter 16. Paul was collecting offering. And he says, as I have given instruction to the churches, all the churches. First Corinthians chapter 16 verse 1. Lago share the bread of the heart of secrecy. 16.1. 16.1. It's not good now concerning the collection for the sins as i have given orders somebody say orders Order. not suggestions orders as i have given orders to the the churches so you must do somebody say there is a way things must be done yeah there's a way things must be done and when you come to church and you are taught that this is how things are done if you are submissive and you are not arrogant, you are not stubborn-hearted, and you are not moving gradually into witchcraft, you will line up. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a process. It's a process. Stubbornness, and then you graduate, and by the time you realize you are in witchcraft. Some people think witchcraft is flying in the night. No, 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 no. Some people, they don't fly at all. But their witchcraft spirit is too strong. It's too stubborn. Too rebellious. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. Let me show you. Revelation 12, verse 11. And they have defeated him by the blood of a lamb and by their testimony. They did not love their lives. They did not what? They did not what? They did not what? Love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. That was that's a Christian who. You see, a real Christian is one who is not afraid to die. Praise the Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because for the real Christian to die is gain. It's not a loss. And nobody, nobody complains when he gains. When you go to the market and people come to the shop and they buy a lot of goods. And on one Monday morning, like this month, some of you would experience in your harvest and in your shops, 10,000 goods are sold. You are not saying Amen. When that happens, when you come to church and they are not even singing, you are dancing. <laughs> even intercessory, you are dancing. <laughs> when, they say, when they are praying, you are dancing. Because you are hyper joyful. Why? Because you have gained. Now, when dying is gained, why are you sad about death? Yeah. But the reason why we fear to die is because we love life. <laughs> Even what it means that our dying will bring life to others, we'll prefer to live so that those people will die. Now listen, what I'm saying is I'm talking about very serious things. These things must become your conviction. That's what Pastor James was talking about. They must become your deep-seated conviction. If somebody brought a gun in here now and says, denounce Christ and live. Yeah. Yeah. Denounce Christ and live. Just, just denounce him. And you live. Yeah. 
How many of us will be able to go and give up our lives for the bullet? It will, it will mean the kind of work we are doing. That, what, that is what will determine how successful I am as a pastor. Yeah, Not how many people are here, but how many people can really stand at the bullet starting with me. Yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah. No, no, no. That, that, that's, that's a Christian. That's a Christian. That's a Christian. That's a Christian. The reason why the name of Christ is not exalted and we are not seeing God's power manifest is because these things are not our convictions. We are, we are following things like it's, it's just normal. We go to church. Let me go to church. Uh, we, that, that's all. But there's no deep-seated conviction. This thing is about life and death. Praise the Lord. Yeah. And you see, the Bible said, if any man will come after me, <laughs> <laughs> and he's he's not ready to deny himself take up his cross when you take cross where do you go with cross you go to die when jesus carried the cross he was going to die a lot of people want to follow god without cross and when you follow god without cross there will be no crown for you i'm telling you when you follow god without cross <laughs> conveniently you'll be going through life but the real crown that god has reserved for those who are Preserved for him on the day of righteousness, you have no place in it. Praise the Lord. Yeah. When Jesus endured the cross, he came out with the name above every name. There are things we don't confess to get in Christ, so we live a life to get. Do you understand what I'm saying? We don't confess it. I am blessed and highly favored. I'm going forward. I will not die before my time. You are not useful to God. You can go anytime. Am I communicating here? Yeah, Paul said that I know that I'm going to be around for some time. Why? Because when I stay in the flesh, I am useful to you. And so I'm going to continue. And so he stayed on until his time was due for him to go. But some of you, if Satan were to ask for your life now, God will tell you, this guy, since he got born again five years ago, I've not seen any fruit from his life. Satan, whatever you want to do, now carry on. Am I complicating here? Yeah. There are th- you see, you have to come to a place where some things are no longer prayer points. Because you are so useful, you are so impactful, that God has a reason to keep you alive. Paul said, the, uh, 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 the, an angel appeared to me, the God whom I serve on a serious shipwreck. No part of the ship was found. But he said, the Lord I serve. He appeared to me this night that no one shall be lost except the ship. His angel stood by me this night. Am I communicating here? He was not confessing. It wasn't like there was turbulence in the air. Yay! Jesus! In the name of Jesus! 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 No, so sit. No, 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 no. When you live a certain life, eh? I'm telling you. Come rain, come high water. You are just steadfast. We have an anchor that keeps the soul. Step fast and sure while the billows roll. Fasting to the rock that cannot be moved. Grounded, firm, and deep in the Savior's love. Am I communicating here? That's Christianity. Christianity is just coming to church and going home and not feeling any pinch at all. While you live comfortably, uh, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm going, uh, I'm going somewhere to happen. I'm, I'm a person of influence. Who are you influencing for the kingdom? Am I communicating here? You see, let's tell ourselves the truth. Some of us, we are just living for ourselves. 
The Bible says, if you live for yourself, you will die. But if you live for the Lord, you shall live. You shall live. That's, I'm talking about sacrificial giving. Somebody say sacrificial giving. Yeah, see, and this thing, this thing before, that's why I started with what people gave. The one, the, the ultimate man we are following, he gave his life. So if you have not given your life, you have not given anything. When you come to Christ, the reason why you are saved is because Christ gave his life for you. And when Christ gives his life for you, what he did for you, for you to become saved, becomes your example for Christian living. Now listen. To become a Christian, you have to accept what Christ did for you. Praise the Lord. I follow what I'm teaching. But to live as a Christian, you have to do what Christ did. Please do follow what I'm teaching here. What did Christ do for you? He died for you. I am blessed. Christ died for me. I am favored. Christ died for me. That, that is good to start with. That's how baby Christians think. Mature Christians, in the light of what Christ has done, I'm going to do this. Praise the Lord. That's how they do. Christians, Christian living begins with living like Christ lived. That's how we live. Why give sacrificially to the local church? Number one. Why give sacrificially to the local church? Giving sacrificially to the local church authenticates sincere love for God. Somebody say authenticates sincere love for God and the church. Say it authenticates sincere love for God and the church. You see, it is not sometimes when I see a lady who has followed one guy like that to break his heart and she's crying. Sometimes it is okay when you're a pastor you just pretend that you care but sometimes really you don't care because when you when you interview the person and you get all the details you see that the signs were on the wall sometimes it's, it's amazing it's amazing no wonder from our uncle born in this we say we are i'm going to i'm going to lie to her because lie that this is a lie. But something in their heart makes them fall for it. Praise the Lord. May you not fall for a lie. I said may you not fall for a lie. This guy who is interested in you, but friend is an offer. Friend is a about me friend by my four times. I didn't know how. No, 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 no. No. I brought you an impel. I'm not communicating here. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your credit. Because your that is gradually where it's going to. Oh, when you call, oh, I was in the middle of something. Listen, no matter what they are in, even if they are the center, they will stop and attend to your call. When the heart is on fire. I'm not communicating here. And there are many people who pretend to be in love with God. But when it matters most, there no show. They just they just sing, Lord, I'm gonna love you, love you more. Lord, I'm gonna love you. Then they are crying tears. But talk about tight, they know they talk about sacrificial gifts, they don't they. There's nothing. Am I communicating here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Though I give my body to be bent and I have no love, it profited me nothing. 
So, it is true you can give without loving, but it is not true that you can love without giving. When you love, you give. For God so loved the world that he gave. And that is that example is our example. So, when Ephesians 5 verse 1, he was talking about it. He said, be therefore imitators of God as dear children. And you know the thing he talked about? He, the first thing he talked about was a sacrificial life that Jesus lived. Be imitators of God as dear children. How? Verse 2, he said, and walk in love as Christ loved us and has given himself for us. When we love, we give. Whatever we genuinely love, we give to when we love something, we give to it. When you love something, you will give to it. When you love football, you give to it. When you love MPP and this, you give to it. When you love Christ and the church, you give to the church. I'm not communicating here. When you love, you give. Anything you can give to, you don't love. The Bible says, First John chapter 4, verse 19. He said, we love God because he first loved us. Okay? How did he first love us? By giving to us. So how are we supposed to love him? By giving to him. We love God because he first loved us. Greater love had no man than this. That a man will lay down. John 15, 13. A man will lay down his life for his friends. Sacrificial. Somebody say sacrificial. Say sacrificial. Loving God means loving his people and loving his church. That's what it means. Oh, how can I love God? I love God with all my heart. I love God with all my soul. I love God with... Listen, if you truly do that... You will love his church. You will love his people. Somebody say loving God. Loving God. is loving his church. Loving and loving his people. And loving his yeah. And doing so means giving sacrificially to it. He said no one has seen God before. But if you hate your brother whom you see. You are lying. Because that brother is a reflection. And he talks about. Father, if a man says I love God but he hates his brother. He, is not, he doesn't know what he's talking about. The, the biblical test of authentic love. Praise the Lord. Number two, sacrificial giving to the local church is a practical proof that God and his kingdom are a priority in your life. Somebody say God and his kingdom. Say God and his kingdom are a priority in my life. You see, your rest in life, your rest in life begins when you learn to understand kingdom priority living. Somebody say, my rest in life. Say, my rest in life. Begins when I learn to live a kingdom priority life. Yeah. When you have been employed by someone to work for him, you have to ask him what he wants you to do and do it. And as long as you are doing that, you don't pray about your pay, do you? Talk to me. Do you pray about your pay? You don't. You don't. You don't. Look at this with me. Haggai chapter 2. It says, These people say the time has not come. The time that the Lord's house should be built. Look at verse. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet saying, Do you know that most of the time everything we can do for God can wait? It looks like any, everything we are doing for God, it can always wait. Am I communicating here? Yeah, so we make promises to God, we make pledges to God, and it's the last thing. When even money enters your hand, somebody can make a pledge today, and his mind is to fulfill it maybe at the end of a month. And after this service, God gives them a breakthrough. It is not likely. The average person is not likely to think about redeeming the pledge first, because it can wait. 
Uh -huh. He says, these people say the time is not up. Is it time for you yourself to dwell in your panel houses and this temple lying in ruins? Look at verse 5. He says, now therefore consider your ways. Go to verse 6. Look at verse 6. You have sown much. Somebody says you sown much. You bring in little. You eat, but you do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put it in a bag with holes. Verse 7. He says, consider your ways. Look at verse number. Go up to the mountain. Bring me wood. Build a temple that may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. Now, if you go home, pick Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 verse 26 downwards all the way to 33 and you see how these two scriptures work when you put his kingdom first things that you i like it when he says seek you first the kingdom of god and look, look 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 at what he didn't say he didn't say seek you first the kingdom of god and then after that you'll have time to seek other things because he doesn't want you to seek any other thing but his kingdom and so when you make it your priority the Bible says all other things that you could have been seeking will be sorted out. So you don't have to. So when you are genuinely seeking the kingdom, you won't have to, you won't have to seek other things. Praise the Lord. You will not have to seek other things. God makes sure that strangely and supernaturally all other things are added unto you. And I pray that as the year comes to an end, as you set your heart right, may every other thing that is yet to be added be added unto you. Shout a believing amen. amen. Number three, sacrificial giving to your local church shifts your trust from money to God. Somebody say, My trust from money to God. Say, My trust from money to God. Proverbs eleven twenty eight. He said, Trust in your money and down you go. Did you see that? Yeah. Trust in your money and where? Trust in your money and where? Trust in your money that down you go. Trust in your money. And down you go. But the godly will flourish like leaves in the spring. I see you flourishing. Yeah. I said, I see you flourishing. Yeah. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus. You will flourish in your health. You will flourish in your finances. You will flourish in every area of your life. I see you flourishing. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus. He said, trust in your money and down you go. People who can give is because their trust and their confidence is in money. Ah. I can't imagine that my account to be empty. Ah, something will happen to me. Because I live by money. I don't live by faith. But the last time I checked, the just shall live by faith, not by money. You see, if you are going to live a life of faith, and listen, 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 it's very practical. You just have to make decisions that will always put you on the edge where you, you can't do without God. That's how you live a life of faith. You always have to be taking decisions that will always keep you in a place where you need God in order to move on. That's how you live a life of faith. Because a life of faith simply means dependence on God. And when you depend on anything else but God, you are in the wrong. Because there's nothing that is secure for your tomorrow but God. The last time I checked, the only thing that is the same yesterday, today, and forever is Jesus. Yeah, economy is not the same. <laughs> are you here with me? Hey, economy is not the same. Whether Baumia comes or Mahama comes, economy is not the same. Or Afrofronto comes. <laughs> Afrofronto, they can fly away. <laughs> <laughs> hey. 
First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 to 18. Let's look at it. First Timothy 6. Let, look, look at what the Bible said. The Bible said, teach those who are rich in this world not to be what? Proud or nor to trust in their this is God t- telling you something. God telling you something. There are people who have done life insurance, but they don't tight. I tell you. I can imagine that. You have insured your life, which you don't have control over. <laughs> 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 Praise the Lord. And you have not chosen to trust the one who can control your life perfectly. <laughs> Listen, there is no better insurance than your insurance in Christ. The Bible says we have an anchor that keeps the soul. Praise the Lord. That's what it starts from. Teach those who are rich. Don't be proud or trust in which is so unreliable. Can you believe the word of God? Yes, Money is so unreliable. It's so what? Unreliable. It's so unreliable. So unreliable. It's so unreliable. That's why it's not worth your trust. The only thing is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Bible says, as the mountains surround Jerusalem, even so the Lord surrounds his people. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. He's the same. I am the Lord. I said you not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. He, he is still the same. That is what, when you are looking for something to put your trust in, rely on. You are looking for somebody that is there for a very long time. Yeah. This book can be trusted. This God can be trusted. Politicians come and go. People, divine connections come and go. But when God is on your case, he's on your case forever. And I pray that this season, God will be on your case. He will be on your case for good. He said, their trust should be where? In God. Who richly gives us all we need for our... All we need for our... Can I tell you something? Money can give you all you need for your enjoyment. It can give you some of the things you need. But it can give you all the things you need for your enjoyment. But God does that. And he does that for those who trust in him. That's why we give. Every time we give, we are forced to trust God. The things we could have used the money for, we give and then we trust God to meet that need. So constantly we are on a supply list. Praise the Lord. We are constantly on a supply list. Some people can afford not to give. I can afford not to give. Because what I deal with every month demands that some supernatural supply must come in. I'm not communicating here. And for me to sustain that supply link, I must make sure that the pipe is open constantly. I'm not communicating here. I mean, I have trained myself in such a way that the more needs I have, the more I look for opportunities to give. Because, you see, every time a seed goes, faith is stimulated for a harvest. I'm not communicating here. When you plant a seed, you are always so you don't go and pray for a harvest. You know that once there's a seed in the ground, the harvest will come. I see your harvest coming. I say, I see your harvest coming. Number four, sacrificial giving is uh, to your local church. It's a biblical proof that you have overcome greed, covetousness, and materialism. Somebody say, I have overcome greed, covetousness, and materialism. Yeah. The Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. 
that that some of us we want things ah that things are even becoming afraid of us <laughs> look at this Luke 12 verse 15 he said and he said to them take heed and beware of covetousness for a man's life does not what oh talk to me a man's life does not what Hey, a man's love does not what? You think that when you get this new shoe, you'll be fine. You'll get it, you'll not be fine. Yeah. You think that when you get Peruvian hair, instead of Chinese hair, you'll be fine. Your beauty will come. You'll finish and look into the mirror and you're looking more ugly to yourself. <laughs> Am I communicating here? No, no, no. No amount of things brings genuine satisfaction. This man said felt that life was about getting and getting and getting so he decided to get and he got and got and got and got and got and lost the most important thing he needed to enjoy all the things he had gotten look at verse 16 he says the ground of a certain man rich man yielded plentiful this is covetousness this is how covetousness is plentifully and he thought to himself what shall i do since i have room to store my grooves when you read ecclesiastes ecclesiastes says that it, it's a curse to store up wealth for yourself. That's what he was doing. He said, I'm storing it up. And then he said, I, I will break down my bands and build and store it up for many days. I will say, I will put down and I will say to my soul, you have goods laid up for many, many, yes. many, yes. many years. Many years. Many years. Many years. Many years many years so he was not living in the moment he was living for many years but the one who guaranteed his life for many years he didn't know him he had made no investment in his direction whatsoever then he says take ease and eat drink and be merry because for some people that's all life is about let's eat and drink let's go here let's chill Let, that's all life is about verse 21 he says Verse 20, but he said to him, this night, somebody say this night. this night. There is somebody who carries the key to your life. Praise the Lord. Yeah. And when he says this night, is this night. <laughs> Praise the Lord. There's somebody who can say this night and it's what? This night. He had plans for many years. But he didn't know that somebody else had more power. Covetousness covetousness many people are not able to enjoy their life it's not that they don't have it's because they want more it's not that they don't have what it's not because they don't have it's because they want more or they want what other people have the bible says in first timothy 6 6 godliness with contentment is great gain for we brought nothing into this world and it's certain we can carry nothing out now look at this he said and having food and raiment let us be there with content but they those who will be rich look at this now the, those who will be rich here has to do with those whose focus whose goal is to make money by all means i must be rich or i die no but those who desire to be rich will fall into what temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts. We drown men into the destruction. Oh, take me back to nine. He said, I didn't finish. Yes, we drown men into destruction and what? Yeah, there, there are things, you see. There are things when you let your heart, you allow your heart to go after them, they will draw you. And they'll be drawing you into destruction. They will draw you. 
they will draw. That's why when people get into certain things, they are not able to come out. They are being drawn, drifted. You shall not be drifted wrongly. I said you shall not be drifted wrongly. You remember, the Bible says, if any man is tempted, let him, say, let him not say God is tempted him. But when he is drawn, drawn, there are things that draw us. They draw you in the wrong way. And that is what giving does. One of the things giving does, giving makes you see that God is more important than money. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Covetousness. Covetousness means things are more important. Greed and materialism. Number five. Sacrificial giving to the local church helps you to keep your heart fixed on God. Somebody say fixed on God. Fixed on God. I fix my eyes on you. The author of my faith. Casting every sin in every way. I fix my eyes on you. I lay my bed in the one thing I ask, one thing I see. I may dwell in your heart, my king. All the days of my life, I want to. I want to gaze at beauty. And seek you in this holy place. That's why I like the song they were singing. Just one passion, one purpose to know you more and more. Praise the Lord. Let, let me tell you, when your heart is fixed on God, and it's such, it's, such a, it's such a great blessing. When your heart is fixed on God. When your heart is fixed on God. When your heart is not fixated on things but on God. Look at this. <laughs> Matthew chapter 6. Do not store up riches for yourselves here on earth. It doesn't mean you don't have a bank account. That's not what it means. <laughs> Where moths or rust destroy and robbers break in and steal. Alright? Now go to verse number 20. Instead, store up. Somebody say store up. Uh -huh. So it talks about two storage places. And it talks about conditions in those places. There is a place you can store some here on earth and you can store some there. But when your life is lived in such a way that your storage is only on this level, like for instance, when you, are, you have invested in stocks and you have some stocks in the US and you have stocks in the uh, treasury bill. When Ghana treasury bill is not doing well and you have some stocks in Apple and uh, Apple you can trust it will do well. I'm not communicating here. That's what the Bible is saying. It says, don't store up. Don't make investment in wrong things. Then he tells you, verse 21, he said, where your treasure is. Listen, look at this. Where your How will I love God more? Give to God more. Do you see that? Where your, your heart will always be where your treasures, your riches are. Your heart. Your heart. Your heart. That's what it How will I love God more? How will I want to be in church? How will I love the church? Give more give more. Anything you give more to. You, you are, when you have made a lot of investment in a girl and she says no, you do everything to want to make her say yes. Praise the Lord. That's why you have to consider it before you make the investment. But I'm talking about your heart. Somebody say my heart. My heart. Say my heart. my heart. Listen. When your heart is rightly positioned, the signal of heaven becomes very clear in your life. When your heart, 
because this thing is all about heart anytime money is talked about when you feel the step where whatever the servants you feel is your heart your heart is a place look at this with me ah, yeah, 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 yeah. second chronicles chapter 1 verse 11 and 12 then go sell to solomon because this is in your oh talk to me because this is in your may i ask you this morning what's in your heart what's in your heart he said because this is in your heart there are things god gives to you based on the things that are in your heart there are some people they are praying for but their heart condition will not allow god to give the things they are asking for he said because this is in your heart he's, he knows all the things that are in your heart and when solomon spoke sometimes when we are praying and we are talking that the time we finish god knows that what you are talking it is actually not from your heart he says whatsoever you desire when you pray believe in because this is in your heart because this listen when something good is in your heart eh, god finds a way to make you end well you will end well i say you end well Solomon knew what to put his heart after because he saw his father. Look at 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 26, and see how David ended. And I will show you why David ended the way he ended. He died in a good old age, full of this riches and honor. Solomon, his son, reigned in his stead. That's David. That's how David ended. But you know David's heart. The Bible says he was a man after... And because he was genuinely after God's own heart, he was after the promotion and the advancement of the cause of Christ. So, in the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 7, 6 verse 7, look at this with me. Second, and it was in the heart of my father David to build a temple for the name of the Lord God of Israel. It was in his heart. It was in his heart. That's why David ended the way he ended. It's not a prayer point. Some people, you can fry them in anointing oil they will still be the same because their heart is just off. They don't have a heart for God. They don't think about God. They can't be bothered about God. When money enters your hand, God is not part of the equation. But when it finishes, then they remember that they must ask and it shall be given. Seek and it shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. Because, he said, it was in the heart of my father. And listen, because it was strongly in his heart, even when he was told not to do it, he couldn't resist it. God told it was in his heart to build a temple. God said, don't build it. Say, hey, I'll find a way to contribute. You know, when something is genuinely in your heart, you will find a way around it. He made a lot of investment. Made a lot of preparation for the building he was not supposed to build. Now, if I buy all the materials to build a house, and you come and you build it, who built the house? You see how David beat God. That's why his name is a generational name. We call it the temple of Solomon. We should actually be calling it the temple of David. Because he made so much investment. So much investment. Listen, those of you who are young here, the young and most of us are in the majority, condition your heart for supernatural blessings. Whatever you are seeing is too small. There is so much God can give you and so much difference God can make you to make in your generation. But your heart, your heart, your heart. That's where it starts from. It's not, there is not, nobody, nobody can, this is where God looks at. The Bible says God does not look at man looks. God looks at the heart. That's where he looks at. And whatever he finds there, 
he responds to it. He will always respond to what is in your heart. He said, your father who see it in the secret shall reward thee openly. Whatever is in your heart will ultimately provoke your turnaround. What sacrificial giving to the local church qualifies you to be entrusted with true riches? Somebody say true riches. True riches. Can a taking of blessed men who was mildly used of God to pioneer many moves? <laughs> he was asked one time, what, what is the number one quality you would uh, look for in appointing someone to be a leader? He said generosity. Praise the Lord. Generosity. Somebody say generosity. Generosity. Uh, generosity. generosity. Because the whole thing about leading in the kingdom has to do with sacrificing. Praise the Lord. Living your life down for others. True riches is not money. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, sir. True riches is not money. True riches is living your life in such a way that anything important and valuable you need, when you need it, is available. That's true riches. Praise the Lord. When you need peace, it's available. When you need death, it's available. Do you know that some people who actually need death, but they are not getting it? You are shocked. <laughs> they, are, they, are, they are not getting it. They wish it will come. I'm not looking forward to being on a sick bed for years and not going. No, 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 no. I'll go very fast. Am I communicating here? I'll go and I'm not going sick. Yeah, because you don't need to be sick to, to die. I'm not going sick. True riches. May God give you true riches. Amen. I said, may God give you true riches. Amen. They asked him why. He said, a person who is not generous will shut down the move of God. A person who is not generous will what? Shut down the move of God. Number seven, sacrificial giving to the local church unlocks supernatural blessings in your life. Now, sacrificial giving. The Bible said, there is that that scattered and yet do what? Increase it. There is that that would hold them more than meat, but it tended to poverty. The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that water shall be watered also himself. As 20 35. But by everything I did, I showed you how you should work to help everyone who is weak. Remember that our Lord Jesus said, More blessings. Somebody say, More blessings. More blessings. Say, More blessings. More Come from giving than from receiving. More blessings. More blessings. More blessings. More blessings. I have seen it in my ministry experience that people who consistently give to God and they do so out of a genuine heart, God moves them from level to level. More blessings. More blessings. It comes from giving than receiving. More blessings come. I, 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 Luke chapter 6 verse 38. He said, give and it will be given unto you receive. You would, you will, your gift will return to you in full. May your gift return to you. Amen. I say, may your gift return to you. Amen. Press down, shaking together to make room for more. Running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you will get back. May the Lord give you so much more. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 11. He said, God will make you rich enough. May God make you rich enough. Amen. I said, may God make you rich enough. Amen. May God make you rich enough. He says, so that you can always be generous. That's why God, when we give, God gives us back so we can give more. Yeah, that's giving. One of the blessings of giving is more opportunities to give. Did you hear what I said? Yeah, people don't see like, they think that uh, the blessing of giving is just receiving. 
but the blessing one blessing of giving is more opportunities to give if god gives you more opportunities to give you must always think that he will give you more resources to give he said god will make you rich enough so that you will always be generous your your generosity will produce thanksgiving to god because of us may your generosity bring thanksgiving and then of course in number eight sacrificial giving to your local church affords you the opportunity to make eternal investments. Somebody say eternal investments. Say eternal investments. Say eternal investments. Now, please hear me and hear me well as I close. There is no way to make eternal investments outside the local church. Yeah. The local church is God's agency for making eternal investments. The things we do for God, for his saints, for his people in the kingdom and in the church they go into our account as eternal investments they go into our account as what yeah paul was talking about the philippian church philippian chapter 4 verse 17 he said not that i seek a gift but look at that but i seek fruit that will abound to your account there's an account up there and may we continue and continuously make investment into it in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus. I pray that the spirit of a sacrificial giver will come upon you. That you go beyond just the required, the, just the minimum, and you do so much more. In the mighty name of our Lord Jesus. Lift up your hands and say, in the name of Jesus, I receive the grace, the discipline, the mindset, the courage, the faith, to be a sacrificial giver. I choose to live like Christ. I choose to live like the early Christians. I choose to live like a true believer. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I know I'm a steward. Everything I have, everything I owe, belongs to him. I'm a steward. A channel of his blessings. In Jesus' name. May the grace to be so be your portion in the name of our Lord Jesus. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word and then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, I am justified. And by my confession, I am saved. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We look forward to having you join us again and again. You are blessed. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. 
Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santasa Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. Oh, no.